0: Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host to this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of this show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, gets you thinking everything. Roster, you know, free agents, draft, star players, developmental players, practice squad, everything in between, the stats, you know, the stats behind their performances and the money toward their payment. But look, before I get massively into this week's show, as always, I just want to just want to remind everyone that listens to this show of all the different things that we have as part of behind the steel curtain, as part of our network, both whether it's on the audio and YouTube side, whether it's in the written word side, there's really is as a diehard Pittsburgh Steeler fan or just as a really engaged Pittsburgh Steeler fan, like you might be jumping on now and go, hey, I've been quiet all off-season. I'm now looking to get into it. You might have followed, you know, other blog sites, you know, or other podcasts or, you know, even even guys like an Arthur Motes, you know, on YouTube and and, and some of his podcasts. Whatever it is and however you've come across us, thank you for listening. But the the key thing is there is that behind the steel curtain is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt, I'm going to give you a straight shout out as well to uh, to the audio side. So in the morning, you've got uh, the podcasts of Let's Ride, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You've got the live mic on a Tuesday. You've got Stat Geek on a Thursday. You've then got the YouTube shows, um, which then uh, every evening, the PM shows. Uh, that are also um, So they're live on the YouTube side. Then they go on to the podcast side, you know, and they go from uh, – the Steelers hangover, then you've got the Scobro show, then you've got the curtain call, then you've got the preview, then you've got six pack with Tony, uh, and then you've got touchdown under with myself and uh, Marky D, Marky Davison. And then on a Sunday in season, we move out of the the 2am show and into um, the the pregame show. And then of course there's the, the shows like this, which this was actually a pioneer of the time slot um, to a degree that, that come across that lunchtime. And then you are going to, you're going to have uh, you know, this show was definitely stay there. There's a new show coming with a couple of guys from Ohio. There's a fantasy football show. You've got um, you know, another, you know, Yinza focus show. And then Jeffrey Benedict's on the cutting room floor um, is coming too. So really. And some of those shows are kicking off as of this week, some of them are over the next couple of weeks, and then you basically gain a chance to get used to them all by the time you get into season and hopefully stick with my show. So, you know, for most people that have listened all the way through, you know that we started off as cap room, very focused around free agency and cap space. We wanted the freedom to talk more about draft. And that's something that I've got a, a, bit, a bit, bit of passion about. Uh, It's actually why I'm, I don't play, uh, fantasy football to a degree. I kind of got a bit of a ban from some of my mates down under because uh, I was doing so well in the draft. So um, I'll be interested to listen to the fantasy football side of things because I always still take a keen interest in it. And I'm welcome, you know, I'd love to rejoin a league as I'm serving my Australian ban. Uh, but you know, so that that's really interesting from that perspective. But from what we wanted to talk about with these draft prof- prospects as well, we know I managed to get a couple of predictions right. Um, as part of this draft and now the pressure's on for next year. But as we go into the season, the Steelers are going to make a number of roster moves. We know that Kevin Colbert likes to keep several million up his sleeve, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of cap to be able to make moves. Like the reality is, and I hate to say it is that there's going to be injuries on different teams Um, that may involve us doing a trade. If we think we can pick someone else to fill that spot might be an injury for us. So, They're the things that you've got to really think about. And equally, the great thing is, is that now we've got a year to be able to preview some of the draft picks uh, that the Steelers, you know, could go after in the 2022 draft, which is going to be really important in in either whether... Big Ben's back and we're going another last chance if they don't get to the Super Bowl this year and win it, or it's a, it's another run at it if they win in it and trying to equal Bradshaw's, you know, four Super Bowls. Or if it's a new rookie quarterback, is it putting a supporting cast around Mason so that he can he can hold that mantle for, you know, or at least fill in the role for a couple of years while we try and figure it out? I mean, these are things that have to be considered when we come to a come to a draft, you know, for next year. So this one, this week's show, I want to focus, and there's going to be a few more numbers than this, but I want to focus on three, let's call them three primary numbers because I'm going to give you a couple of supporting statistics to them. The three primary numbers from 2020 that speak back to what we've done over the last couple of seasons and what they mean consideration for the upcoming season. So if you want to look at it up from that perspective, But equally, what do they mean beyond this season? Because when we're talking about this season, yes, there might be more moves they need to make um, in other positions. But next season, whether it's through the off-season acquisition of a free agent or the off-season acquisition of a draft pick, how are we going to continue the pace of these numbers? And so you're sitting there going, well, what are these numbers? Because these numbers are things that are big for the Pittsburgh Steelers. These numbers are part of the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers. These numbers speak to everything that we're doing. And quite frankly, when we look at it, they're also numbers that are about to get a massive price tag associated to them. And that's something that we really, really, really are invested in. Quite frankly, because our caps invested there. All right, so let me get to let me get to the numbers there. So, then four there's three key number areas and two supporting stats, and they are that the Pittsburgh Steelers last season recorded 56 stats, 56 stats, 56 st- sacks, which was three more than their closest you know their closest uh, competitor there for that stat number. They did this off. 44.3% blitzing um, a blitzing rate. They had 213 quarterback pressures. That was plus 24 in, in, in comparison to their nearest closest competitor. And I'm not going through the competitors because I want to keep this pretty simple. They also recorded 80 quarterback knockdowns. So usually you can have hits and pressure on top of that. And, Basically, that was a 15.2% knockdown rate um, on when they on when they were blitzing there. So they're the three numbers that we're going to use as our baseline. Because they're three numbers that, as we know, the Steelers have been able to get, you know, 50-plus sacks for several years now. Equally we know how important they are to a defense and sort of being able to set up our secondary to make plays, no matter how experienced or how skillful they are in a Minka and a Joe Hayden, whether they are a Cam Sutton, uh, you know, or or this season a James Pierre or Shakur Brown, um, you know, or or maybe it's even a Justin Lane. I don't think so, but you never know. So they just, as I go through some of these talking points of the rest of the rest of this podcast, really think about, can we achieve those numbers in twenty twenty one and what do we need to do in twenty twenty two because that's where this podcast is going to focus but where we're we going to look at it because we know the Steelers sacks have come you know from you know over the last couple of years from a wide range of people we know that they you know They come from the defensive line. Guys like Stefan Tuitt and Cam Haywood, even Alawalu, You know, Mike Hilton had a couple. Um, Terrell Edmonds had that key one that that basically closed out the game against the Denver Broncos. But what about the edge rushes? That's what we're going to focus on today's show, because that's where the primary number of our sack count is going to come. Obviously, in the next few weeks, we're going to be able to talk about TJ Watt signing a massive deal. Now, I thought I'd focus on that for next week's show. Uh, I know there's been some articles written about um, TJ Watt. And, in fact, it was the first article I ever wrote for Behind the Steel Curtain was, you know, how big a payday should the Steelers give TJ? And I'm interested to see how that one holds up. I think imp- I didn't end up putting a price, but I sort of had him at the time roughly about $138 million over six over six. I know he's talked about, you know, does he need 30 plus a year, you know, 180 million over, over six, you know, now that he's had that, you know, awesome fourth season. But let's, let's focus on TJ Watt first. And then we can talk when we'll go into the, um, to, to our break there and I'll get full swing into some of the other edge rushers on our roster and also, you know, what we're looking to do, you know, to keep these numbers and, and keep these types of numbers in 2022. So, TJ Watt to his career to date. Now, this is the other thing as I go through these players, I just want to preface that I, both now and after our break, what I've done is I've averaged them over the last couple of years because there's some advanced statistics through Pro Football Reference that only go back about three seasons. So, with that, I can't measure things like quarterback knockdowns and pressures before that. So, I, and I do want to do that because. Pressures do make a difference. And I think it's like the it's like tackles for a loss. They're an unsung stat that actually really does translate into how we get other teams into third and longs, how we force completions, how we, you know, shorten the length of drives. So what I have done, and particularly when we talk about a player like a Melbourne Ingram, I've done the average over what I was able to pull up over the last three years in their games. So some players we could probably say there's upside when we come to Melbourne Ingram and Alex Highsmith. And you know, potentially the Q from the U. But equally, TJ, the pressure's on to sort of get, you know, his average number of sacks. But we probably think he'll go higher than his average. So let's go to TJ. So TJ throughout the course of his career has actually been able to, you know, average 12 and a half sacks uh, per per season. He's averaged over 17 uh, quarterback knockdowns and over 50 pressures. There's some incredible numbers there. and when, when you think about 56 sacks, 213 quarterback pressures and 80 quarterback knockdowns, he's providing almost a quarter of the knockdowns, almost a quarter of the pressures, and he's you know well on, a, on his way to a quarter of those sacks. Now, if we think about it in you know the last couple of years, he's had 15 and 14 and a half sacks, so more above that 12 and a half average. And when you're talking 12.3 average, which is where it's scaling down because the seven that he had in his rookie year, you know, you know, 2.5, 2.5, there is an extra fifth, you know, fifth of sacks in terms of his production there or 20% rise in sacks. So when we look at TJ, if we're going to get 56 sacks, particularly with the three players that we're going to talk about in part two, what's going to be really key is that he does break that 15 sack mark. And particularly when we're looking at 17 games, because, 56 sacks will still be a tremendous effort off 56 games. Uh, 56 sacks will be a tremendous effort off 17 games, but we'd actually hope as Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we're breaking 60. So, and I know that there'd be many fans out there right now listening, going, Hey Matt, like if TJ can get 15 sacks, be held, only play 15 games of a 16 game season. Imagine two more games. He could easily break 20. Now, when you're looking at roster management you may sit there and go relying on a third of your sacks to come from one player is quite problematic but i think if we look at some of the top teams around the league and some of, some of the top rushes over the last you know decade or so and even if we go all the way back to like a kevin green you know with the steelers or we go back to we mean joe green it's always been the case that you're going to have an outstanding, you know, player in terms of sacks. It's always been the case, you know, that there are going to be guys that you know do more than others. But what I think is so interesting about us as the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and our fan base and and the team more like it is that these sacks, TJ, like was held on so many plays. I mean, I, I said it on touchdown under, you know, recently that. I felt that if I'm TJ after every game, I would be I would be basically saying I was held this many times and continue all the way through. And for some people that might be like, well, hang on, that's going to get old real quickly. But at the same time, you know, it is preventing TJ from getting sacks. So you may as well start trying to, you know, spin that narrative with the with the referees. But equally, TJ is does benefit from guys like Stefan To it. He does benefit from guys like Cameron Haywood. And he has previously benefited from Bud Dupree. The pressure's now on. But I think when we think about the deal that TJ's going to get, he's going to live up to it. He's gotten better year on year, and I'm excited by what he can do through 17 games, even if he's only playing 16 of them, and definitely excited what he can do in 2021 and 2022. With that, we're going to take a break on this week's episode of Steelers War Room. In part two, we're going to look at the three other Steelers rushes and their contributions or potential contributions in 2021 uh, to, to these three, you know, Hallmark or North Star, you know, edge rushing numbers. And then we're going to also have a quick look at who are the guys that might be available to fill this need going on beyond 2021. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back on Steelers War Room, let's, let's crack straight into it. So before the break, we looked at TJ Watt's contribution to the 56 sacks, 213 quarterback pressures, and 80 quarterback knockdowns. Let's look at Alex Highsmith, third-round draft pick last year, Air apparent to Bud Dupree in a way, had to step in when Bud Dupree got injured. And now you know he's gonna you know and he, and he played in you know 16 games last year, but he started five. Now the pressure's on for for him. He's gonna really be front and center, you know, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Beyond his five tackles for a loss, and we're not talking about tackles for a loss with those with these sort of uh, you know baseline Steelers edge rushing or, or, or rushing numbers. And we're focusing on the edge rushers. Alex Highsmith in his rookie year had two sacks, four quarterback knockdowns, and 12 pressures you sort of sit there and you're like, well, hang on, you know, that's not that much from the rookie. But when you look at Bud Dupree, you know, he had eight sacks. He had, I know that he had 15 quarterback hits and he would have had more more, more pressures than that. So you know, you don't have the full sample size there from Alex. But I definitely think Alex Highsmith can replicate seven or eight sacks. When you talk about quarterback knockdowns, if he's going to get those, you know, that, that sort of a number, he's probably looking at, you know, 13 or so quarterback knockdowns to contribute to the, um, you know, 80 that we had. And when it comes to pressures, we're probably looking more like 25, whereas contributing over a 10th of the pressures. Now they're the numbers we need from Alex Highsmith. Again, he's another player that if we are going to have the Pittsburgh Steelers ladder up to these numbers, we need that from Highsmith. We really, really do. It's not something that I think though he can he can shirk away from. It's not something that I think he needs to. And it's something that I think he's well capable of. But what will be interesting to see is what proportion can Alex Highsmith through 15, 16, 17 games make up of the 50 of 56 or so sacks, 213 quarterback pressures or 80 quarterback knockdowns. The next player I wanted to talk about was Melvin Ingram. So Melvin Ingram is obviously someone we've acquired in the last couple of weeks, a lot of fanfare quite you know fairly proven now over the last three years and as i said um earlier i've done this based on the advanced stats because crossing between the two is going to get quite confusing i can only go back three seasons which means that we're not getting the full picture of melvin ingram's career but over the last three years he's averaged five sacks 21 pressures and five quarterback knockdowns now this is per season now That's really helpful for us. That's a 10th of the quarterback pressures we need to get to. That's at least a 16th of the quarterback knockdowns. Some of you will sit there and say, well, hang on, he missed a lot of last year. I think he played in something like five five games last year. Therefore, when we're looking at these numbers, he's actually got upside to him. You know, as as I said in part one, there might be some players that have have a bit of upside to him. Melvin Ingram is one of those players uh, that, that is going to potentially have some of this upside. Can he go back to averaging, you know, sort of seven sacks where he was sitting before his injury? Can he go, you know, definitely average more like 25 to 30 pressures? Can he average, you know, 10, you know, if he's going to get seven or eight sacks, he's probably looking at, you know, the best part of between 15 and 25 quarter, quarterback pressures and, you know, probably about 15 quarterback knockdowns there. So they're the sorts of stat lines that I'm looking at from Melbourne Ingram and needing to providing if the Steelers are going to continue this excellent sack pressure and knock down, you know, top-line numbers. Moving on to the Q from the U, but you're going to see very quickly that because I've only talked about – I'm only going to talk about these four guys that are currently on the roster, and you're going to think, well, hang on, you're leaving out a key player. The Pokemon King. Well, I'm not putting him there because I don't know whether he really – he may well make the roster. You know, he may well make the practice squad roster if there's, you know, the veteran spots. But I'm not including him here because I really don't expect him to be a massive contributor this year or a massive contributor next year. And I hopefully I haven't put the injury cloud over a player by saying that. But I definitely think if we're looking forward to 2022, I want to think about guys that could be on the roster. And yes, you can see Melvin Ingram might not be. But if he has a good year for the Steelers and the Steelers come close and they can bring him back on a, you know, on a cheap deal, why not? You know, that's the view that I think we have to look to in that optimistic, positive view. So the cue from the U. Now, this is a really hard one because I don't, we don't actually have available the, the stat lines that we do for the other players because it's just simple that the stats are recorded differently when I go off sports reference, which is, which is the college version of pro football reference. But Quincy Roche had averaged seven sacks through each year of his college career, seven sacks. Now, we're going to sit here and say we don't expect him to... No, United's really expecting him to start any games unless it's toward, you know, there's an injury or, you know, you probably then it's going to it might be the last game, of the, one of the last games. I don't want to say the last because I think that's the, you know, the one that we may need to have a top team, you know, on the paddock for, but we may need to use him toward the end of the season to spell different guys. But can Quincy Rocher contribute three sacks? Can he go over what Alex Highsmith contributed in his five games? Can he contribute five or so quarterback knockdowns? Could he contribute 15 you know, quarterback pressures? I easily think so at different plays. What we really need to see from Quincy Roche is him backing up some of the great proven performance that he had at the college level into the NFL level. But equally, what are his numbers going to be like in 2022? And I think wherever you see Alex Highsmith hover around between him and Melvin Ingram, that's the sort of area we want him to develop with. But the fact of the matter remains is that in 2022 and beyond, Quincy Rocher will have an important contribution to the 56 sack, 213 or so quarterback pressures and 80 quarterback knockdowns. And if the Steelers are going to get close to that stat, So it's something to keep in mind because just especially as now we're about to go in to the preseason, you know, with the game, the Hall of Fame game and then the three subsequent games, we want to start seeing signs that Quincy Rocher will be able to deliver on that because that'll demonstrate whether he was this, you know, he was this fantastic value you know, in the sixth round and someone that we were really high on in this in this show, you know, in the first, I think it was the first one we switched to Warren to start previewing draft picks. You know, I talked about Quincy Roche, was a massive fan of him. So that's what's going to be really exciting. Well, let, let's cast our eyes ahead, you know, Crystal Borgays. There's actually going to be a number of big-name edge rushes that are available in 2022 right? as of right now and according to Over the Cat. And those players are Von Miller. Now, whether the Steelers want to spend money on someone that's going to be about 33, 34 by then. Chandler Jones, who we know, you know, is already, you know, requested to be, you know, leave the Cardinals. I think Wincy Marcellus from the Texans, I don't really think that he's an option for for the Steelers. You've got Jason Pierre-Paul. Again, you know, if the Buccaneers, you know, go go pretty well this season, whether he wants to go around again, who knows. Jerry Hughes is probably going to retire outside of the Bills. Jadavian Clowney, I think we we know that that ship sailed and why would we want him? I think I've talked about it previously, that Melvin Ingram, you know, on this show is a much better option. And then you've got Emmanuel Ogba. He's a bit younger, you know, from the Dolphins. Mario Addison from the Bills. He's, he, you know, you'd probably expect him to be retiring. Hassan Redick from the Panthers, again, is someone that we really want to look at. You've got Dante Fowler, you know, from, from the Falcons. And, you know, all these players starting to really get on into that 29-30 mark. You've got McKinley from the Browns. Well, he'll be interesting for us to sort of see this season um, what he does for the Browns and against the Steelers. Then you move on to Melvin Ingram, and we know where he's sitting. The other guys in there is Dennis, Dennis Gardick. But if he has the sort of seasoning out last year, there's no way the Cardinals will be releasing him. And that's going to be a really good defense. I predict, predict him to really do well again. Derek Barnett could be an interesting one from the Eagles, but I know that their cap situation you know, potentially improves. So whether we're able to get him or not, is going to be an interesting an interesting one, or whether we want, you know, whether we want to too. There's other guys like Landry that come up, you know, as well from the Titans. I'd expect him to get a pretty decent deal, and from there, you know, you can get in all sorts of different names like like Cassius Marsh, like Pernal McVeigh, like Vinnie Curry, you know, like in Swansu from the Chargers, who I think they'll, you know, they'll definitely resign him, you know, uh, to some degree, you know, in terms of you know, cap number, in terms of how high it is. And then you get into the rest. My so where we're sort of sitting what if you go through some of those names, unless you want to spend some pretty high money or or get someone, you know, kind of just do the replacement for Melvin Ingram you know, as it stands, we're kind of looking at the draft. But the Steelers are going to have a number of, you know, different people that they need to look at, you know, in the NFL draft. And by people, I mean, yes, there will be multiple different people at different positions. Pass rusher is going to be up there in my view. but So could quarterback if Big Ben doesn't come back. So could a a cornerback. We really need a top-end cornerback. I know that's in shivers down everyone's swines. The Steelers picking a cornerback in round one. But you know, I was surprised we didn't necessarily get one in our first, you know, two two picks, particularly the second round. But I love the Pat Frame of pick. We talked about him. Much prefer it. You know, and we got so many good undrafted prospects. But equally, the O line is going to be really important because it was regardless of Big Ben coming back or not, regardless if Mason Rudolph starting or regardless if they go and get they're going to get a quarterback, whether it's in rounds one, two, or three, they're going to need to improve the O line, and, and we need to get younger there too. So. This is the thing: is that can the Steelers find a decent pass rusher out of it. And again, this places so much importance on Quincy Roche. And if Quincy Ro- Roche can hit the Q from the U can hit, we are going to be really, really well off as, as a Pittsburgh Steelers team. But the other way, the other mechanism, if we are going to go through the draft, is looking at a few of these players. Like, who, who are the names to watch? Who should you be looking for? Well, PFF's already put out some rankings, as you'd expect. Kavon Thibodeau from Oregon, you know, he's a, you know, he could be someone that's, you know, literally one of the top, you know, three or so picks taken in the draft next year. He's one to keep your eye on, but the Steelers aren't going to be in the mix. You've got Kingsley, uh ag from South Carolina, six foot. Six foot four, two sixty pound edge rusher. That's a sort of that's an awesome size for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, there you've got Nick Bonetto from Oklahoma. You know, he's going to be a redshirt junior, so and he's a great speed rusher. But you know, he was a redshirt junior last year. But we you know whether you know he he's, he wants to declare from the draft. But you know, last year he, you know he led the he led the US with in the US with ninety three point six pass rushing grade according to PFF. It'd be interesting to see what he can do for Oklahoma. You got Zach Harrison from Ohio State, six foot six, two sixty-five pounder. I expect him to be a bit more in the four three from what I have, a limited, limited, I will say, seen of him. So, you know, that's that's an interesting one to see what he does there and whether that's going to be the fit for us. You got Aiden Hutchinson coming out of Michigan. You know, that PFDM a wild card in Adam Anderson out of Georgia. Um you know, and he's been a pretty proficient uh, for Georgia as well. Um, you know, he's – so, you know, the, it could be really interesting, um, you know, with it, what he does. There's a few other names to watch. Brenton Cox Jr., Florida. George Karolafitis. You've got Majai Sanders from Cincinnati. You've got Troy Jackson from USC. You've got Zion Topola Fatui from Washington. You've got Xavier Thomas from Clemson. Boy Math from Minnesota. You know, so that they are all different players that you should really be watching out for as we go into the into the college season. But there's also some other names too. There's also some other names too. Ocean Mathers from TCU, Will McDonald, the fourth from Iowa State. You know, there's guys like Tyreek Smith from Ohio State, Owen Carney from Illinois, Nick Figueroa from USC. Uh, Josh Pascal from Kentucky, Takuias Tisdale from Mississippi, Solomon Bird from Wyoming, Laquan Johnson from Central Michigan, Andre Carter from Western Michigan, Thomas Booker from Stanford, and Deslin Andre from Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Panthers. So this is what's going to be really interesting for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, let's just say it's a Deslin Andre, is... Who are we going out and looking for? Who are the guys that are going to slip? Who are the guys whose narrative is going to start out really high in this college season and then scale right back, you know, as we get closer to the draft? Who are the guys that are going to be not on a lot of people's radar that explode throughout the season? They're the sorts of things we're going to have to really think about because they're also things you might need to have in mind depending on what we do want to do uh, with Melvin Ingram. It's going to be incredibly interesting to see how the Steelers in 2021 and beyond – are able to live up to, to 56 or so sacks, 200 and, you know almost 215 quarterback pressures and 80 quarterback knockdowns because we know how important they've been to you know, double-digit wins. We know how important those stats are to successes in Super Bowls over the last decade. It's going to be a massive challenge with Bud Dupree gone and some really young faces in that room to be able to achieve that. especially when it comes to the edge rush rushers contribution to those top line numbers. And with that, that wraps up Steelers Warren for this week. As I said, behind the steel curtain, usual one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, there's awesome stuff going on at the moment through training camp, through training camp, confidentials, you know, articles and, you know, wrap ups after, after the days, they're going into full pads by the time, you know, I think by the time you've listened to this, and it's going to be really exciting to see who shows up. Can a Pat Frymouth, can he block? That's what Tomlin's got to say. Now we all get to see. The, the Hall of Fame game is only a week away. I cannot wait. Football is back. Get amongst it. Get excited. Get motivated. And always, go